Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Young Adult Podcast. Milana here, and joining me, as usual, is Connor Grimm. Boop, 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 boop. In the words of Whitney. <laughs> here with pew, the air pew, horn. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so Yeah, bad. whatever it was. <laughs> so bad. Uh, we're back after the holiday weekend, um, enjoyed some Thanksgiving meals, and now we're back in the studio, ready to bring you another podcast um, what were you up to over the weekend, Connor? What did you do with your three-day weekend? We went to Thornton to have uh, Thanksgiving with Aaron's uh, sister and her family. Um, and honestly, just a bunch of chilling. Nothing. Uh, we've been doing a ton of, not even remodeling, but like, um, not like remodeling projects, but what am I? We're like doing like a just win- like revamping, like a winter cleaning. Oh, nice. We've like gotten rid of so much stuff. We've got we've gotten rid of like a ton of clothes, just a ton of baby toys that like didn't that the girls don't really play with anymore. Just a lot. Um. So yeah, we not like remodeling, but just like cleaning out crap in our yeah. house. Did you do any Black Friday shopping? Uh, kind of. I hopefully bought a lot of canvases. Oh. I don't know why I said hopefully. For those of you that don't know, Connor is an aspiring I abstract am. artist. I pastor to pay the bills. No, I'm totally <laughs> I'm totally kidding. That's if horrible. I did that, if I did that job to pay the bills, I'm dumb because it barely <laughs> pays the bills. Um, no. In like another life, I would live in Miami paint, smoke cigars, even though cigars make me feel sick, and drink tequila, (laughs) even though I feel like I'm allergic to alcohol. (laughs) Another life. Yeah. So I I can't do it. I can't do any of that because legit cigars make me sick. And I'm pretty sure like when I say I think I'm allergic to alcohol, I have like two sips of like any drink and my face turns blood red. I've seen it. Yeah, it's like bad, um, and it's only developed with age. I think God's trying to make me holy for all those Just sanctifying you. drinking sinners out there. No, I'm <laughs> totally kidding. Um, I've seen the stuff you painted though. It's I've, good. I've painted I like it. <clears throat> one, two, three. I've painted three and a half things. Three and a half. One, one for Zach Atwood. Shout out Zach Atwood. Which was commissioned. Uh, one <laughs> was not commissioned, isn't he paid me? He just told me what he wanted. Um, <laughs> one was I followed this like class. Um, they like had somebody who like it was like an online class I bought, and you just kind of like, follow along, but with your own colors and stuff like that. Uh, painted one, and then Corey Miller, our our beloved worship leader, really wanted it, and I was shocked because. When you start, you have these ideas of like, yeah, how hard can painting be? It's really hard. <laughs> and I love abstract art. And I was like, how hard is abstract art? It's supposed to be weird. It's supposed to be abstract. No, there is so much that goes into like good abstract art. And I, you know, of course, just arrogant and cocky, like started painting <laughs> and was like, this doesn't look like anything that all the people I follow on Instagram yeah. look like. Oh, it's because I suck and I need to get better at it <laughs> and like actually apply myself and learn and stuff like that. So, no, I love painting. It's one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do. And hopefully one day my dream is to buy a house with some land, have like a little barn yeah. property in the back where I have a gym and an art studio. And I just spend my days painting <laughs> and not smoking or drinking because <laughs> they both make me ill. Uh, that's while well, you're on your way there because you have more canvases now. Oh, yeah. There's this deal Michaels did, which is where I buy my canvases, which is where all artists buy their canvas. Actually, no. Most <laughs> artists make their own canvases. That's how you know I'm a total noob 
It's because I still buy my canvases. I don't like make them. Um, oh, see, I would never know that. Oh, dude, all the cool artists are like, it's like time lapses of them like making their own Like canvas. literally from scratch. Oh, yeah, like stapling it and building the frames. Oh, that's and I'm so like, cool. Exactly. And I'm not that cool. I go to, <laughs> I go to Michael's when they have deals. They had a Black Friday sale, which was buy one, get two free, which is insane. Insane. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to send us some canvases, send them. I'll paint on them. <laughs> and you'll probably be disappointed with the results. <laughs> um, no. What about you? Black Friday stuff thanksgiving how was it we were moving all week <laughs> we made the bright more fun idea of moving thanksgiving week because we didn't want to end up moving the week after christmas and new Year's. so we were moving my husband loves black friday but we did not go because we had a lot to do yeah. so i probably missed out on a lot of black friday deals i really wanted airpod pro maxes but we should buy with- them for this podcast and just <laughs> like pretend like we can justify a reason. Yeah, why. right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone's so loud. We couldn't hear. We needed the noise cancellation. Yeah. Honestly. But yeah, no, it was pretty low key Thanksgiving. Okay. We blended the, the Martellero and the Bakken food Marta traditions. Martabakens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made some lefsa for the for my Italian family, which was fun. Got okay. a little Norwegian. Lefsa's like a a Norwegian, so it's Jake's family that makes it every year. It's like a potato pancake kind of. That it's sounds like, incredible. It's so good. It's like a flat, it's like a really, really thin flatbread that's made out of potato. And you like, the traditional way to eat it is with butter and sugar, which they all think is gross. I think is amazing. Oh, really? It's so good. But they put like their Thanksgiving dinner in it. You like roll it up and eat like your Thanksgiving dinner rolled up in like a potato flatbread. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That doesn't sound bad. It's it's really that good. Sounds great. It's really What's good. What's it called? Lefsa. Lefsa. I was nervous to try it when I like first came to Thanksgiving with them, and then now, I him and his mom has like taught me how to make it. It's amazing. I'm obsessed with lefsa now. How do you? Sp- oh, lefsa. L e f s e for anybody that's interested in trying Yo. to make lefsa. I literally just googled it. Yeah, it almost looks like a flour tortilla. Yeah, it's potato. It's so good. Yo, I'm going to give that a try. You should. It's delicious. But we made that, and yeah, so it was, it was good. Good Thanksgiving. Also, final thing. Shout out to our <laughs> sponsors, Poppy. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Poppy. Yeah. It's a new – it's kind of <laughs> like a prebiotic, probiotic soda. Are we, are, would we ever get in trouble for saying that we have sponsors that are not actually our sponsors? No, I know. They're, they don't no, – <laughs> no one is ever going to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> but Lord. I sponsor Poppy because <laughs> I, I buy so many of them. For real. Totally random, but if you're a young adult looking to get healthier in the new year and you're trying to kick this soda habit like me, I drink Diet Coke all the time. It's terrible for me. I actually have. I've stopped drinking Diet Coke. I drink these Poppy drinks. Orange is the best flavor in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. This So many people be like, duh. But my headaches have like really dramatically gone away. Yeah. So it's so terrible for you. Terrible for you. Um, but I love it. So <laughs> Diet Coke and a lime. <laughs> I love me some Diet Coke and lime. Actually, Coke Zero. Diet Coke sucks. Coke okay. Zero is where it's at. Anyway. And now, Poppy. Let's get into the podcast. Yeah, we, we are totally. We can just ramble. Clearly, we've been gone for a week. Yes. Um, all right. So for this <laughs> podcast today, we're talking about something really exciting, um, something that I know you're super passionate about, yeah. something that I think is just a really, really good topic for um, just the young adult wanting to grow in life, grow in their walk of faith. Um, and it's this idea of mentorship. Yeah, mentorship. I feel like so many young adults either want mentors mm-hmm. or don't understand what mentorship is. And I know that at first you might be like, well, yes, I do. I know exactly what meant. But I feel <laughs> like we do mentorship so poorly and so wrong. Yeah. And I think that we can get so hurt by quote unquote mentors or people we want to be mentors that I actually I kind of gave this talk to our interns um, about shout out interns. Yeah, to all of our intern class. But basically, like, hey, during our internship, if you want mentors, this is what mentorship is. This is what it isn't, and this is how you get somebody to be your mentor. And so, I know, like, as a young adult, as a young professional, 
we're trying to grow in our careers, grow in our faith, or maybe you just like, there's somebody at your church or your job that you want to like emulate their life, like, which might sound weird, but I don't think it's as weird as it sounds. Like maybe they've got like a very successful marriage and they like enjoy their career and they've like handled their finances well. Like, and you're like, oh, there's, there's nothing really in particular about them that I like specifically want. I just Mm -hmm. would love to have a life like that. Like they're involved in their church. Like that that's the type of mentorship. So I want to talk uh, today. We want to kind of go through like what is mentorship? How do we get mentors? How do we create good mentorship relationships? And I actually think when we kind of like implement this stuff, um, it'll make your life as a young adult wanting to be mentored so much easier. Yeah. So hopefully, um, this is something that as I, I was like thinking about writing for our interns and praying about, I actually got super passionate about it because I think as young adults, we go about mentorship super backwards, super wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like small little tweaks and small little adjustments yeah. um, that can make a world of difference mm-hmm. in, in getting somebody to want to mentor you and then having a very healthy mentor-mentee relationship sort of throughout however long you desire that yeah. that relationship, maybe for the rest of your life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, That's I'm good. excited to dive in. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start here. Um, what you said earlier, you feel like we make like a lot of mistakes in the church world and Christianity of how we approach mentorship. What's like the number one common mistake you see from like a young individual who's wanting to be mentored, wanting like has someone in their life that they like want to emulate their life after, so to speak? Like, what do you feel like is a really common mistake in approaching that the, idea? Of the mentorship? number one mistake in mentorship is asking somebody to be your mentor. <laughs> it, it really yeah, is. Elaborate on that. Don't ever go up to anybody who you want to learn from and say, will you be my mentor? Be- <laughs> because here's why. It's actually very lazy and irresponsible. Yeah. It actually gets me super fired up thinking about it. And, he- <laughs> and here's why. I have had, and please hear me, I'm a subpar painter and a subpar pastor. So, <laughs> but, true. So, so, but I do every once in a while get young adults from our church to come up and say, hey, will you be my mentor? Yeah. And I know what they mean, but I actually say no quite a bit mm-hmm. because here's why. The second you ask somebody if they will be your mentor what you are immediately doing is taking the responsibility of wanting to learn from that person and then putting it on them. You're saying, hey, you're really successful at business, let's say. Like you've started your own business. I don't know, let's say that it's somebody who started their own coffee shop and now they've got like 10 coffee shops around your town and you want to learn how to do that, maybe with not coffee, but clothes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you want to learn business from this person and you go up and you say, hey, can you be my mentor? Hopefully they say no, Mm -hmm. because what because what you're doing is you're saying you're the person with value that I want to learn from. But I am going to put all the responsibility on you to create, I don't know, curriculum, a process, Uh uh, tips, advice for me. So I bring nothing to the table in this relationship. You are the quote unquote Yoda. You know what you're doing. I don't. But I'm going to put all this responsibility on you to Mm -hmm. teach me. Yeah, it's very like one-sided of like wanting to just receive and not give anything yeah back and as and, and i know this might sound really bad and i know like as a pastor it's like you're supposed to like raise up the next generation or whatever absolutely mm-hmm. i love doing that but not when somebody yeah. asked me to be their mentor because immediately what they've done is they've they have said okay you need to figure out a time for us to meet. Yeah. You need to figure out things to teach me. Right. You need to figure out things to like grow in me, invest in me. Mm-hmm. It is now your job to bring me up to your level. And that can yeah. be speaking and preaching. That can be leading a congregation. That can be painting. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I would never go to an artist that I love and say, will you mentor me? Yeah. 
because all I'm doing is basically asking them to create a college level class, whatever, f- for me. For you to just receive from. For no added value to them whatsoever. Yeah. And so I think the best story of mentorship in the entire Bible is the story of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah mm-hmm. being the older prophet, Elisha being the younger prophet. And you can kind of read about their story in First and Second Kings, but the, the primary chunk of the mentorship sort of relationship is First Kings nineteen nineteen through Second Kings uh, two fifteen. Um, but there's we're gonna kind of jump um, and sort of go through certain sections of this. But there's I'm gonna read um, sort of a uh, First Kings nineteen nineteen through twenty one, um, and this will sort of set the framework for our mentorship story here. Uh, The call of Elisha, the younger one. Mm -hmm. So Elijah, the younger one, went from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He's a farmer, basically. Um, Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I'll come to you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Um, so Elisha, the younger one, left him and went back, took his yoke of oxen, killed them, burned them on the equipment um, to give meat and feed and, and ate with his family and the village or whatever, and then set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now, this is a little tricky because at some point, God, what God was doing was appointing another prophet to his people, um, which unless God puts you on the heart of an older person— yeah. Like, let's say, like, I, I'm I'm a pastor of a successful church and I want to retire. Um, God might put somebody on my heart mm-hmm. to raise up to take over the church. Right, which is what happened. That's kind of what's Elijah. happening here. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, when we want a mentor, God's not putting you on the heart of your boss or, like, yeah. the CEO. It's nine times out of ten you want something from them, and this is what this is what I found that was super interesting. Um, verse twenty, nineteen twenty. It says this. It says um, Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah. And so what we see here is that the younger one, who is going to be mentored by Elijah, left and ran after his mentor. Mm-hmm. And what that tells me is mentorship is your pursuit, not the pursuit of your mentor. Yeah, like that's good. the the scheduling of dates that falls on you, mm-hmm. not the person that you want to mentor you. Right. The value, like, and we'll talk about this in a minute. Like, all of this mentorship is your pursuit, not the person that you want to mentor you. I think that has to be the mindset and the cataclysmic like shift in our thinking when it comes to mentorship. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, like I said, when you ask somebody to mentor you, you're asking, you're putting all the responsibility on them. Right. Elijah appointed Elisha as the next prophet and then left. Literally, <laughs> it literally, Elisha is like coming to him and trying to run after him. And Elijah's like, what have I done to you? Like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Just you, go back. Yeah. He's like, go back. What do you want? Like, basically, leave me alone. Like, I've done what God told me to do. Now, right. leave me alone. And Elisha's like, no, like, I want to learn from you. I don't mm-hmm. want to just be the prophet. Like, whatever. Like, you've done a great job. I want to do the same kind of job you did and better. I want to learn from you. And Elisha's yeah. kind of like, no. He's kind of <laughs> like, I don't have time for you. Like, <laughs> If Is we're he just being a prophet, yeah, he's being a prophet. Like if you're just be, if we're just being honest in this story, he's kind of like, what do what do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see that Elisha ran after Elijah, which means if you want to be mentored by somebody. It is your job to pursue that. And I think that is where so many people get hurt or disgruntled is, well, I asked him to mentor me. I asked her to mentor me and they haven't even reached out. Duh. You want to know why? (laughs) You're the last person that person is thinking about. Right. Because if they're successful and they're doing stuff well and they have a family and Mm -hmm. they have a business and they have a career or they have like... One, you're probably not the only person reaching out to them. Mm-hmm. And two, the last thing they're thinking about is how do I bring up this stranger that I don't know who wants something for me? Right. You know what I mean? 
And so the first thing I think, and I think this is the major thing we get wrong the most, is never ask somebody to be your mentor. Um, you're putting the responsibility on them and mentorship falls on the responsibility. It is the mentee's mm -hmm. responsibility to be mentored, yeah. not the mentor's responsibility to mentor the mentee. So yeah. I know it's a lot of mentor-mentee talk, <laughs> but that it's is- your pursuit. Yes, it is your pursuit. And I promise you, even if we just stop the podcast right here, <laughs> that one mindset change would transform your yeah. mentorship relationships and potential. Because, I, I mean, I've done it. I've gone to pastors and looking back, I'm embarrassed. I've like, one time I went to Chad Brugman, like when I, like years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, would you be my mentor? And he was like, he's nice. He was like, sure. But I could mm -hmm. tell in his mind, he's like, what does that mean? Like, right. what is that? What, what do you want from yeah, me? Yeah, what do you want? What do you want from me? Yeah. So I've made that mistake too. Yeah. I'm like, will you disciple me? Yeah. Like, and, and we Christianize it and then we're like, right. well, they hurt me. Right. I've got church hurt because <laughs> they didn't mentor me or disciple me. Right. No, that's your fault. You inflicted church hurt on mm -hmm. yourself yeah. for not biblically pursuing mentorship. Yeah. So take that, put wanting... that in your non-tobacco <laughs> or marijuana pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about cigars earlier <laughs> and true. I can't drink or smoke them. So whatever. <laughs> uh, no, it's a good point of just like wanting to receive something from them and not being specific <laughs> not being specific about what that is and just wanting to receive from somebody and not willing to put in the effort yeah makes it seem like you're wanting this person this person you want to mentor this person that you value and you admire to like add value to your life yeah without like bringing anything to the table yourself yeah it like it seems selfish yeah in some ways yeah and here's the thing you might f strike gold and find an incredible person like right. i think about scott brugman i would say i have yes. zero mentors but scott's probably my mentor if i had one the best. and i i he has broken a lot of these rules he just loves people and cares about them and wants to talk to me and know what's going on in my life and like and help me. And has the capacity for that. And has the capacity. Is like a grace that I haven't seen yes, in very many very people. Few it's very rare. people have it. So maybe you're lucky and you ask somebody to be your mentor and they're like, yeah, great. But like 99.99999 times out of 100, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So we're trying to help you out and how to get mentorship to grow your capacity to grow your life to grow vision to grow whatever business um, i think 99.9 .9 of the time this is how it works yeah mentorship is your pursuit number right one. and how so it's your pursuit and you have to bring something to the table how can you bring value to that relationship between you the mentee and the mentor like what can you bring to the table in order in that pursuit of yeah. mentorship. Well, I think that's the second paradigm shift we have to think about. One, mentorship is my pursuit, not my mentor's pursuit. Mm -hmm. And two, what value do I bring to this relationship? First Kings 19.21, it says this. It says, uh, where is it? Oh, uh, it says, Elisha went back home. He, he made a meal for his family, whatever. And then it says, then he set out to follow Elijah and highlight this or underline this if you're following in your Bible. First uh, Kings 19, verse 21, the end of it, it says this. It says, and he became Elijah's servant. Mm. Now, that's something that we in 2022, 2023, whenever you're listening to this, that's an ego check. Because normally when we want to be mentored, it's because we want to like arrive. We want to yeah. have like the followers on Instagram. We want to build the big business. We want to be successful. We want to be mentored because we don't want to humble ourselves and serve somebody else. We want all the benefits without any of the work. Yeah. We want somebody to give us their business strategy, their spiritual growth strategy, their preaching outlines, whatever it is that you find yourself wanting. We want that without the hard work of serving. And so- mm -hmm. Elijah, Elisha went to Elijah and became his servant. And I think I think that's like another missing piece we don't think about is what value do I bring to this person's life? Like yeah. ask yourself this, like think about like who do you want to mentor you? Mm -hmm. Okay, like we all have that person in our mind. 
Mentorship is my pursuit. Okay, we have that. But then you got to ask yourself this question. Why would this person want to mentor me? Yeah. Like what value do I bring to this person's life? And then I think you honestly have to ask yourself this question. Is my relationship with this person that I want to mentor me, am I am I bringing value? Am I a burden or am I a blessing to this person? Because if we're just being honest nine times out of 10, again, 99.9% times out of 100, I think when we want to mentor, if we're just being honest, our relationship with this person is probably a burden to them yeah. unless we find a way to bring some type of of value or bring some type of blessing to this relationship. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Manny Arango tells a story, and I think it's so good. He really wanted to learn from his pastor, and he knew that his pastor was a super busy guy. And so Manny's, like, super big into fashion. He's super big into, like, trends. And so two things that he did is whenever his pastor – bought clothes or whatever, he would just buy them and wear them off the rack, like, you know, the majority of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Manny would take him and get it tailored for him. He, like, took him to a tailor one time, got all of his measurements, and then would take his pants, his jackets, whatever, and get them tailored for him. Another thing Manny would do uh, is, is drive his pastor back and forth from the airport whenever his pastor traveled. Manny found a way to serve his pastor. Now, we live in a world of do better church and all this dumb stuff where people who refuse to be servants to learn get their fifis hurt. Right. Oh, my gosh. My pastor asked me to drive him to the airport. That's spiritual abuse. (laughs) You could say no. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do that. But just know that people who tend to serve the people they want to learn from actually learn from those people. Right. And so please hear me. There is a fine line between like spiritual abuse, taking advantage of somebody, and then you putting yourself in a situation to serve that other person. Willingly. Yeah. Totally willingly. Not doing something out of your comfort zone or not doing something that that makes you feel belittled or small necessarily. Mm -hmm. Manny wanted to be the only one to drive his pastor to the airport. And guess what? He was. He wanted to sit under under that. Yeah. And so he was willing to to serve. Yeah. I think we have to ask ourselves, am I only willing to learn from this person Mm -hmm. or am I willing to serve this person? Right. Because that is one, that's a sign that you're ready to be mentored. Mm -hmm. I think so many people want to be mentored that aren't ready to be mentored because they just want to learn. They don't want to serve. Right. So am I not only wanting to learn from this person? Am I willing to serve this person? How can I bring value to this relationship. So practically in 2022 to a a young adult uh, listening to this podcast, what are some really easy, cheap ways that you can think of that would maybe help somebody bring value to like a mentor mentee relationship? I mean, I think like in my personal experience, it was like, it, it's been like, I think of the people in my life who have really, I've been able to sit under pastors. It's like, for me personally, I've been like, hey, can I watch your kids? Do you guys need a date night? Do you need time? Like, I'll watch your kids and that maybe you don't like kids and you don't want to babysit. But things like that, things that are don't cost you. Because if you think about it in the long run, like, did it cost Manny that much to drive his pastor to the airport? Probably not. It took like maybe two hours out of his day. But he had time to like sit under and serve did it cost me that much to like watch uh, Andrew and Jerrica's kids for like, I think of like my internship, like I'd watch their kids on Friday night. It cost me a Friday night. Um, but that was something I, cause I didn't have much to yeah. think about like as a young adult, you probably don't have a lot to offer, but like, what do you have that you're like, this is not that big of an expense to me. I'm not like going out of my way and putting myself in a situation that is not, really great for me but it's something that I have to offer yeah that might be not a ton but in the grand scheme is a way that I can just bring to the table to serve yeah um what do yeah you- I think like 
like for me and Scott, anytime we meet, I do my best to be like, hey, can I buy you lunch or like something like that? Like I know Mm -hmm. like I know that there's nothing I can really do to radically transform Scott's life. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I'm not that good. I'm not that connected. Um, You know what I mean? Like. But but I'm like, hey, can I get you coffee? Or do you want like I know Scott? I know well, I I said Scott's name a bunch. Like he's super into coffee right now. So if we go to hang out, <laughs> I might buy like you know a really like niche or niche like a uh, bag of coffee beans, you know, because I know he likes that. It doesn't have to be like, let me wash your car and do your laundry right. and fold right. your underwear and like all that like weird stuff. Like it can just fold be your like, underwear. <laughs> yeah, it can be like it can be like. Oh, I know this person's in the coffee. I'm gonna grab a bag of like cool yes. coffee on my. And way. I love that about like know them. Yeah. Like take interest in them. Don't yes. just expect to like Scott, you've known that Scott loves coffee and you're just being thoughtful and being like, I can bring him a coffee. That's not gonna break my bank. It's not gonna break my bank. <laughs> and it just shows that like, hey, like I know that I can't do for you what you can do for me. Yeah. And and please hear me. If Scott ever listens to this, it's not our relationship is not like that. I truly can sk- consider Scott like a friend and mm-hmm. a uh, like not just a mentor, like a father figure almost like yeah. like a, like a Christian spiritual like father figure. Um, so it's not our relationship is, has gone beyond like give and take. Like he's somebody that mm-hmm. would be there for me and vice versa. Like but no matter that's what. because. But yeah, like when I was an intern getting to know him, I this sound this might sound so stupid, but I remember my office was really close to his and I would always go in and try to make him laugh. Like, you know, he was doing like a lot of stuff, me and him. I, I found out that we kind of have like the same sense of humor. And so like we would just goof around and, and literally I would like almost provide like comedic entertainment. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like for yeah. like a mental break for him. And so we've like actually gone, I would say, beyond like mentor mentee, like truly friends. But like if there's somebody who like you don't know from Adam and want to get to know and want to learn from, find small ways to bring value into their life so that when they think of you, they don't just think, oh, great. Here's a 45 minute conversation on how I made my first million dollars or whatever. It's like, um, it's like, oh, like I, I look forward to this person because not only are they interested in me and, and what I have to give to them, but they're just small little things that they find like thoughtful or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, bring value to that to that relationship. So, I love that. That's so good. How, okay, moving on, what would you say going, so you're pursuing mentorship, you're the mentee, you're pursuing mentorship, you're working to bring value into this mentor that you would like have poured into you. You're working to bring value to that relationship. What is another thing that you can do in order to to foster that longstanding mentor-mentee relationship and to really be able to glean off of them? Yeah, I would say two more things, but we'll kind of talk about the third thing First, obviously, before the fourth thing. <laughs> so so mentorship is your pursuit. Bring value to the relationship. Are you a blessing or a burden to this person? Mm-hmm. Um, what value are you bringing to their life? And the third, I would say, is be around and be available. Um, mm-hmm. Stephen Furtick gives this amazing message called, like, burn the plows, I think. Um, but it's based off this verse, First Kings 19 through 21. Elisha wants to be mentored by Elijah. He's the next up and coming prophet, and he kind of wants to learn how to do that, what that what that means. And he's a farmer before that. And so he goes back to his house. He destroys his farming equipment. Basically, there's no turning back for him. I'm if, if I'm the next prophet of Israel, I am all in on this. And it says that he goes back and he burns the plows of his of his uh farming equipment of his old life. He burns the plows. He cuts up all of his cows. He makes steaks and burgers and all that. He is not allowing anything else to distract him from this pursuit that he wants with Elijah. Yeah. And so I would say if you if you want to be mentored by somebody and really learn and glean from them, you got to be all in. You can't mm-hmm. be half-hearted when it comes to truly having a mentor. Yeah. Now, it's one thing to like ask somebody questions or get a coffee with somebody and just pick their brain. But a mentor-mentee relationship is, 
for a substantial amount of time. Like you're not going to learn how to run a business like somebody or preach like somebody or pastor or whatever by somebody by just getting coffee two or three times. Mm -hmm. It's not just, hey, what's a good business plan? It's, It's seeing this person think and how they process and how they handle problems and how they handle adversity and what do they do in victory? What do they do when yeah. they had an idea that went well or, or didn't go well? Like, mm-hmm. And t- for that, you have to be around and have to be available. Yeah. I think so often we're like, hey, will you mentor me? And somebody's like, oh, okay, whatever, sure. Like, what are you doing on Friday? Oh, Fridays don't work for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm available Saturday or Sunday morning. <laughs> okay, well, that doesn't work for, yeah. for me. What about like Monday or Tuesday? Oh, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. You're not ready to be mentored. Right. When you're, you're not available. No, when you're ready to be mentored, if you're if you were planning on getting drinks with your friend on a Friday night mm-hmm. and that's when your mentor is like, hey, I've got some time for you. You don't get drinks with your friend. Yeah. You don't go out to dinner like mm-hmm. you go hang out with your mentor. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the person you want to learn from. Mm-hmm. I think like so I, I talk, talk to so many young adults that'll be like and this is different from like casually getting coffee. Like I've got people that are like, hey, I'm going through a situation in my life. And I'm sure you have the same thing. It's like, can mm-hmm. we get coffee? Right. Here's a date that works for me. It doesn't work for me. Whatever. That's different. Yeah, I'm ta- again, different. I'm talking about like this, long this intense long-term relationship. It is your job as the one who wants to be mentored to be available or make yourself available. Yeah. I just think that like for like sometimes like you just got to make it work. You know what I mean? Don't be mentored and then be unavailable. Some opportunities are given by God, and some are you just being at the right place at the right time and saying, I'm going to choose to learn and grow in my business, in my preaching, in my whatever it is, rather than go out with my friends or go to this concert or get breakfast with my girls or like whatever. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like mentorship is is a sacrifice. Right. It's a sacrifice for the mentor and it's a sacrifice for the mentee. And over a period of time. Yes. Like it's not like you're going to go and get coffee with them three times and then learn everything about how to have a successful business. Like if you truly want to be mentored, that means that you have to be willing to take the time to sit under this person, to be available, to just sit and allow things to like take time because you can't expect them to just pour out everything they know in two meetings with you and then now you're good to go. Like these things take time. And true mentorship should be like have longevity. And so you need to be around and be available. Yeah. For more than just a coffee date or two. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I think that I I think that again, like a coffee date is great if you've got specific questions for somebody, like, hey, I'm going through this, like whatever, like, yeah, you can you can figure out your schedules and try to make those work. But if you if you truly want to be mentored, you've got to make space in your life because you're asking somebody else to sacrifice for you. So if mentorship, uh, mentorship is your pursuit. It's not the other person's. You need to find a way to bring value to this relationship. Um, and like I said, not like in a spiritual, spiritually abusive way or like a, like a let your boss take advantage of you, your time or like work 70 hours a week to show like, no, what is just small ways that you can bring value to let them know that like, hey, I'm not just here for what you can give me. Yeah. Even if it's like something, even though you'll maybe never be able to pay them back. Right. Just the the effort, the thought Mm -hmm. of like, how can I bring small value to this relationship? It's your job as the mentee to be available and to be around. Mentorship is not like, yeah, like a coffee date or a set of coffee dates. Truly, like Elijah was Elisha was asking, can I live with you? Can Can I go to the temple with you? Can I go and watch you work? Can I like help you so that I can be around you 24 seven. Like mentorship is watching somebody's life, just Mm -hmm. not like getting advice from somebody. And so be around, be available. And the final one, and this is, this, this is what drives me nuts more than anything else. (laughs) When, when somebody asks, 
because one, I feel like I'm just a bad mentor overall as it is because I I'm awkward. People think people. No, people think that I'm an extroverted. I'm not. I'm introverted. Um, You know, I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel uncomfortable in my own skin and I'm 34 and I don't know why. But like when somebody comes up and is like, hey, will you mentor me? And I'm like, yeah, like what? Like, what do you want? And they're like, Mm -hmm. I just want to learn from you. I'm like, learn from me. What? In what way? Yeah. (laughs) Like the last thing when it comes to mentorship is this. Be specific. Mm -hmm. Be specific with what you want to learn and what you want to know. Yeah, that's that's very true. I've definitely experienced people and interns that have come through and been like, I just want to learn. I want to intern under you. I want to learn from you. And I'm like, okay, what? Yeah. I'm like, there's lots of like things like ministry, production, photography. Like, what what do you want? And it's hard. And I've experienced and made mistakes and learned how to grow in this because people who haven't been specific, I feel like I haven't been able to do a good job about like, well, I don't know what you want to learn. Yeah. And if that like, if you aren't specific, it's almost setting the mentor up for failure because they don't know how to teach you. They don't know what to like let you glean off of if you aren't going to be specific. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going back to the story of Elijah and Elisha, uh, 2 Kings 2, verse 9. So Elisha has been chilling with Elijah for a while. <laughs> and then finally, Elijah is just like, tell me what I can do for you. I'm about to go be with God. He's about to take me up in a chariot of fire. I'm not going to die. I'm actually going to be somehow taken into heaven. Um, what do you want? Yeah. And Elisha goes, let me get a double portion of your spirit. Now, Elisha, Elijah says, that's a very hard thing. Like, I don't know how I can give that to you. But here's what I want you to notice. Elisha knew what he wanted from Elijah. Yeah. He knew what he was after. He wanted to be a prophet that was twice as good as Elijah was. And if you go on, and so many people have done this, this isn't something I've personally discovered, but Elisha went on to do twice the amount of miracles as Elijah recorded in the Bible. So he literally got the double portion. Like he got, if Elijah did something, Elijah, Elisha did double. And so he got what he was after. But what I thought was so interesting, even though it was like abstract and obscure, Elisha knew what he was after. And I think that there's so many of us that aren't specific enough with people we want to like pour into our life to where it's hard for somebody to really know what we're after. You know what I mean? And and I said it before and and again like I'm not anything like special at all but like if 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 somebody from young adults comes up to me and is like I want you to be my mentor, it means so much to me if they're like, "Hey, I really want to learn how to preach." Or, "Hey, like I'm going through this like hard time with my friends like I really want to learn like how to navigate I don't know like conflict like like whatever like Mm -hmm. the more specific you can be the more helpful your mentor can be because they know exactly what you're looking for so don't go into mentorship like vaguely like if if somebody's built a 10 million dollar 20 million dollar business you need to say I want to learn how you made your first million or I want to learn how you got your first product up and running, or how did you find the finances? How did you get the loan? How did you, what, like, be specific with what you're asking for because then they can help you specifically. Yeah. You know? And I think that's so interesting that even though it was such an obscure and abstract thing that Elisha was after, a double portion of your spirit, he at least knew what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us, you know, like if we had the opportunity to be mentored by somebody super famous or successful, I, I still don't think it would go super well because for a lot of us, we don't know exactly what we want. We just want the success or the fame or the notoriety that this person has. We don't want the building blocks that got them where they are. Yeah. And so if you can, if you know how to ask for the specific building blocks of things, like if you want to be a pastor, hey, I want to be mentored in preaching. 
hey, I want to be mentored on how to raise a disciple or like how to bring somebody up who's like from a brand new Christian to somebody who can make their own disciples. Like that is specific things that people can help you with. But if if you're not specific, it makes it a lot harder for your mentor to help you. And so I know I've been talking a lot. Milan, I want to hear your final thoughts as we kind of wrap up. <laughs> yeah. But mentorship is your pursuit. You need to bring value to the relationship. You need to be the one that's around and available. And you need to be specific about what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think if you truly do all these things, these four things, you will have success finding a mentor because yeah. you'll be a blessing. You won't be a burden. Mm-hmm. You'll be pursuing this. You're not putting the pressure of your mentor to figure something out for you. Um, you're available, you work around their schedule and you know what you want. That's an easy person to pour into. You know what I mean? And now everybody's personality is different and maybe, you know, you just have somebody that's not good with replicating themselves or whatever. But like, I think nine times out of 10, this is a formula for success when it comes to a mentor mentee relationship. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I love, loved this thought that you had. Um, I think if I, I wish I would have had this like framework when I was like 22 and an intern here at the church because I think I like wanted this so badly because I didn't come from like a church background. I hadn't been a Christian my whole life. I was actually in need of like people who were older than me that had been following Jesus for a while. Like I was in need of someone to kind of like glean off of and follow. And I have like in my experience, I've gone about it in ways of being like, hey, will you disciple me? And like finding someone that I'm like, oh, I really love their relationship with the Lord. I love the fruit I've seen in their life and approaching it in all the wrong ways of being like, I want I want what they have and and not approaching it from that like servant perspective. And then I think about now being um, 27 years old and thinking about the mentors that I do have in my life, like the Matrones and the King Rees. And those relationships were sprung out of servanthood. Those relationships were sprung not out of me being like, hey, what can you like do for me? Like, how can you mentor me? Can you disciple me? It was more born out of, hey, can I like, how can I serve you? Like it came from me watching the Matrone kids. It came from me watching the Kingry kids and then just being around and being available and then just naturally learning and watching them and like learning by not being like, Hey, and like, I'll ask questions. Like, especially I think of like, I lean on both of these couples for different things, but I think of like specifically the King race, they've been huge, huge influences in like marriage and family life. And I don't think there's, I've definitely asked questions, but I've also just been around and been available to just learn. Like I've made myself available. I've been like, Hey, what are you guys doing? for dinner tonight I would go over there and they knew and they they didn't it didn't require very much extra from either of these people yeah because I was just like around yeah and I just ended up learning and I think that's like the beauty of this relationship between Elijah and Elisha that you talked about is that they spent years together years and I'm up until like that moment there were so many things like he's like hey I'm about to leave what can I do from you? And he gets real specific, but there is no way to measure how much Elisha like gleaned off of Elisha. Yeah. Just proximity. And in my experience, that has been the, like the ways that I have been mentored and poured into was that was pursuing these people like offering servantship, like not just like wanting to take, 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 but like being, kind being their friend knowing them taking the time to get to know like oh caroline like loves this or whatever i remember i bought her a massage for her birthday one year because i don't know that's just a side note but being around and being available like hey let's do dinner let's do this um and then at when times came like being specific about like how do you guys navigate like this in marriage yeah and so it's so it's such a more natural way i guess is what i'm trying to like lean of like this is this way is just better it feels more natural for everyone involved and you'll get more out of it than coming up and being like, I want your five points on how to be successful. And I want like, you know, 
Yeah. And rather just wanting to sort of force that relationship. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, that's the heart of like real mentorship and that's the heart of like real discipleship. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus didn't approach his disciples and say, hey, here's a program that I've created that's going to grow you deeper in your faith. He literally said, hey, follow me. Yeah. And they asked him questions. Mm -hmm. They watched what he did. They were confused by him. They understood him. They were frustrated by him. But but genuinely, they invested their life, three years of their life, yeah. three years, um, into just being around this person. Mm-hmm. And then when he left, you know, he didn't die. He died and was re- is alive and mm-hmm. was resurrected and went to and went to heaven they were mentored mm-hmm. by god which is pretty intense <laughs> and then and then carried out yeah. the christian movement as we know it yeah and but then, it wasn't a program it wasn't them sitting down with jesus and be like so how'd you do the bread and fish right they were there they ate it that's such a they good they experienced point. it you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah it wasn't it and so i just think like Here's the thing. Not all of us will have the blessing and opportunity to have a relationship like that with somebody. Um, My hope is that everybody will, Mm -hmm. that everybody would have the opportunity to live life shoulder to shoulder with somebody they want to learn from. The reality is that might not be possible for everybody in every career or whatever it is you want to learn from. But I do think if you want mentorship in your life and you want to even begin that process, what we talked about today is super, super helpful. Yeah, so and so good. pursue it, make it your mission, bring value, be available, and be specific with what you want to learn. And I think I think you'll you'll have a lot better success. I know for me, I I wish I would have read this story in this light when I was younger because for years I did mentorship totally wrong and yeah, I got same. nothing from it. Same. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I would get a coffee every once in a while, but it wasn't what I was looking for. I think this is this is to help somebody with what they're what they're looking for when it yeah. comes to that actual like lifelong mentorship thing. So Yeah. So good. Yeah. So sweet. I think awesome. that does it. Yes. A long one. Longer one yeah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good info though. Hopefully if um this was helpful to you if you are in that spot in your 20s and looking for some some sort of relationship like that and don't even know how to go about it. Hopefully this helps you in your pursuit of mentorship. Um, and yeah, as usual, you can always keep up with everything that we're doing here at Red Rocks Young Adults through our Instagram, which is at... Red Rocks YA. Yes, or online at redrocksya.com. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up for this holiday season, some exciting things. Um, so if you are in the Denver area, join us um, on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. at our Lakewood campus. We would love to meet you, learn your name. Um, and as always, keep sending us recommendations and thoughts and questions you have that you'd love to hear talked about on the podcast um you can shoot us a dm or fill out a thing on our website but we love you guys we hope you are recovering from your thanksgiving meal this week and we will see you again in a week or two in a week or two yeah Yeah, we're trying to drop more podcasts and be more consistent we'll be better we will definitely be at least every other week yes Fingers crossed. Yeah, promise. we got some stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, for we've you guys. We're, we've pre-recorded a couple of things to make sure that we can stick with our pledge. Look at us being proactive. Look at that. So, all, all right. right, love you guys. We'll see you in a week or two. Bye. Peace out.